welcome to another episode of Yellowstoners, a podcast dedicated to getting high on drama, digging into the Duttons and everything Yellowstone, hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo, and editor-in-chief of the playlist, Rodrigo Perez. We took off last week for the holidays and because I needed some recovery time for a surgery I had. So we have two episodes to catch up on for episode four, or for season four, episodes four and five, uh, entitled Winning or Learning and Under a Blanket of Red, respectively. Um, but before we jump into new episodes, I've got to tell you that Yellowstoners is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, the Discourse, both of which I'm a part of, uh, Be Real, Deep Focus, The Fourth Wall, and more. Uh, like and subscribe on any of your podcast apps of choice and drop us a comment on iTunes as we always appreciate it. Okay, Rodrigo, last time we talked, you were not really high on episode three. It's the first season that you've had to watch episode to episode. What are you thinking now that we've gotten four and five out of the way? What's working? What's not? Uh, I am <laughs> feeling like a lot of, uh, maybe I enjoyed the show like so much before because I could burn right through it. Um, yeah. And it was a, a, a not so good episode. Well, you know. It I certainly just, covers the wrinkles. Yes. Yes. You're just kind of flying through it. Like I, I mainlined all of Yellowstone from, uh, you know, uh, just basically in October, I think most of it, all three seasons. And so, yeah, I, I think that's a good way of putting it over. It's like ironing a bit, like, you know, just get over those wrinkles, just plow through it. And, and it's a little bit more satisfying. This from waiting episode to episode is, is even with like, or, or, or maybe it's just the writing, I don't know so far, but like this season is not, uh, it, you know, it's got some issues. Um, it does feel like they had a Yellowstone uh, like template established in the first few seasons. And now they have like lesser writers taking over and just kind of doing their paint by numbers on the Yellowstone template. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to dig it too much, but there's certainly some issues that like, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Like, and, and so, so we got Jimmy's gone. Jimmy's gone from the bunkhouse and he's off mm -hmm. to Texas. Yeah. And I don't know how much I love about that. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's there's a lot of disparate threads going on. And then there's stuff going on with Lloyd, which I do not like because I really yeah. like Lloyd and Lloyd is all of a sudden becoming a jackass and losing his sense. He's usually like a member of the bunkhouse that can always be relied on because he's smart and he doesn't get involved in dramas and he's an older guy. He's a veteran. Right. Right. So it's like maybe that's what you're thinking about in terms of the template or the writing that's that's going south. That's like, are they just coming up with like dramas for different characters and then in, in doing so undermining that character? You know what I mean? Like Jimmy going to Texas is not that bad because Jimmy's a dumbass, and that's what we know <laughs> Jimmy as, right? Yes. But then I'm going to fix Jimmy as a as as a as a dumbass and sending him to like the school of hard knocks cowboying to mm -hmm. get fixed. At least that makes sense, right? Like yeah. this is your last chance punk. Like you're either going to make it here or not. And so far, everything that we've seen on this show, that, that, to, that makes sense. This, Cause he's never shown himself as been very competent. They've sent him to competent competency cowboy school. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Lloyd on the other hand has always been rips right-hand man and a reliable guy from uh, uh, you know, uh, John Dutton and even John Dutton. Oh, and so, you know, they're, they're at least have put something in there. They're trying to say that like, you know, emotionally he's become unraveled and that's leading him to do poor decisions. Even John Dutton at one point says, what's up with that move? Like, was he not thinking or something? You know what I mean? So like, 
I, I guess they at least teed up an explanation for it, but it still feels like I, I, I'm feeling a little mixed on that. How about you overall in general? Like what's, what's, uh, what are you feeling? What are you not feeling? What What's working for you? What's not working? Yeah. So I'm definitely annoyed by the, the Lloyd and Walker storyline. Uh, I don't <laughs> care to really like, I don't care to watch them butt heads over and over again. And it seems like it's going to be like, one of them's going to leave the bunkhouse. And right. I mean, it should be Walker, even though he's kind of in the right, but I don't, I don't really like whatever's going on. It's not really. Yeah. Uh, Walker's not a very likable character, right? No, no. And yet he's kind of in the right on the, the show, yeah. but he's a jackass. Yeah. So you're like, I'm not going to root for that guy. And then, you know, there's the Beth and Rip and, and the boy, which it's getting less and less interesting as the show goes on. Yes, they're spending less time on it. So, I mean, inherently, it's going to be kind of left to the wayside for a little bit. But I really, really like what they're doing with Jamie. Like, really, really like this. I think they're, they're making what's going to be a very interesting end of the season. Yeah. So, like, do we, do we want to explain a little bit? Just to yeah. tee that up a little bit. Like, what? Because we're not completely 100% sure, but it also seems like we're pretty sure. I mean, he he pretty much confirmed it in episode five. But what we're talking about is the big reveal at the end of uh, season or not season four, episode four is the the cellmate that the guy who supposedly put out the hit on the Duttons uh, was Jamie's father, uh, Garrett Randall. So that obviously points to Jamie's father, you know, being the one that actually put out the hit on the Duttons. Right. And and as we've spoken about before, but just for further context, you know, uh, um, Jamie's whole narrative this season is finding his own his identity, because at the end of season three, he found out he was adopted and that sort of threw him for a loop. And he didn't know who he was anymore because he's like, am I a Dutton or who am I? Um, he's actually a Randall. And yeah. now, you know, he's been taken under the wing of his biological father who seems like he might be stepping up and being a real father and then this twist wrinkle comes in and now it feels like i mean we don't know exactly but if garrett randall did put the hit on dutton and it's so it's just sort of it feels like it's a big long play manipulation of jamie and so yeah. that's gonna further fuck i mean that stuff is good that sounds like feels like good drama to me because that like feels like it's going to really mess with his fucking identity. So Jamie's always been torn between trying to be a Dutton, not sure why he didn't fit in with his family, always trying to please his father. Then he finds out why he hasn't fit in because he's adopted. And that's why he's always felt out of place. And then he finds solace in his biological father. And now it feels like he's been betrayed by his biological father. We don't know that for sure, but it it sure feels like, like that's where it's heading. And that his father has manipulated or used him at least He's definitely done that and he's trying to push him to be his own man and do his own thing. But but Jamie's just going to feel it as a betrayal. And, and as someone struggling with identity, who's been very like, and and again, like just to take, take it back. This is the kind of shit that I like about this show. Like, (laughs) like, like, like it's always down with the emotional stuff. And like, to me, like Jamie is in a hyper emotionally vulnerable place because he's left his family. He's abandoned his found family which is the duttons and as 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 difficult as they are they are his real family you know there might not be his biological family but they are his real family he made a very tough decision to leave he's emotionally vulnerable and he finds solace in his biological father whatever his biological father uh randall uh garrett randall who's played by remind me again will Patton. 
Will Patton, thank you very yeah. much. Great, great, great character actor. No matter what his intentions are, even if it's like, look, I just did this so we would, he, Jamie's just going to take that as a betrayal, like as an emotional betrayal. You, wait, yeah. you made me leave my fucking family and told me all this shit and then buttered me up and then you were the one who tried to kill my adopted father. Uh-uh, that's not going to play. And I that that's the rich shit that I like in this show. So hitting an emotional vein that that's going to be like going to lead to some like good good stuff some good bleeding yeah. that's come out and good drama and so but that's also like- he's not he's not wrong jamie's dad like the the path that john he's has, not wrong but the way he's gone about it is wrong like, yes it's like to me like i'm like oh my god this is like huge betrayal like like you can't like you you could be totally in the right and it doesn't matter the way you went about it no uh-uh this is not above board. So to me, this is all is, is a, a convincing and believable way of actually Jamie returning to the family. And I know I've bitched about that before in terms of like, or maybe a lot of people viewers have, because there's a lot of back and forth on this show about being part of the family or not being part of the family. But I think that's just kind of the dynamic. I think that's just kind of how it is. It's a bit of a toxic family. It's a bit of, it's a loving family, but it's also, it's got its problems like every other one. So these people are in constant flux of, of like who they are and where they fit in and, 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 and how things go. And so I mean, I, I personally, if I was Jamie, I'm going to fucking be livid, you know, with, yeah. with my biological father and whatever excuse he's going to try and come up with. I'm going to be like, are you fucking kidding? You, like, and he, and he's the attorney general. So you're like helping me manipulate in the middle of this and, and you're calling, calling on a murder. Yeah. Uh-uh. I think Jamie's too ethical and too principled and still too, you know, uh, even though he separated himself from the family, family's family. And, and there's love there somewhere. That moment that he had with Casey on, I think in episode four of the mm-hmm. season where mm-hmm. they said, you know, I love you, man. Like that was pretty touching, you know? Yeah. I don't uh, know that they've ever, ever really been at each other's throats. Him and Beth they never have. Throat. They never have. And that was sort of like, that was sort of a kind of like, like sort of reminding the audience in a way that these guys like, you know, Yes, this family's got a lot of problems, but like not everybody does. Those two have never had any kind of beef with one another. They're just brothers, you know? It's yeah. like, it's as, you know, I don't know if, it, you know, the way Jamie says it, it's always been, um, what's her name? Kelly Riley's character, who's who's really uh, like poisoned the well for him. But yeah. um, you did know, you forget I, Beth's name? Beth's name. Yeah, I How know. How dare I, you? I, how could I that path? Um, but I think it's a little bit more complicated than that, but it's interesting. And so that, that part of the narrative, I'm really like, I think it's heading in an interesting direction. Yeah. Um, I, I also don't think it's cut and dry as far as like, he's going to choose the Duttons. I, I think it isolates him further. You know, he just becomes an Island of Jamie, but yeah, you know, well, that, that might be the thing. Cause it's like, he might just be isolated from everyone. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? and you might be right. It could be like, I, well, I, I'm certainly not going to go to my biological father. I'm not going to go to my adoptive family. Maybe be be my myself. And he's also got his 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 wife or his, his well, I guess he's not, they're not married. I guess his 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 ex- old secretary. Yeah, yeah <laughs> back in the picture, and she's brought her shot his 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 biological son into the the picture, and that could yield something else. So you're right; it's not coolly cut and dry. But I would say definitely that feels like the richest story so far. I gotta say the John Dutton romance with the with the fucking yeah. vegetarian protester does not seem <laughs> appetizing, as it were. You know, like I don't what know. a strange right turn that was. 
just to find him flirting with the the protester played by Piper Parabo. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I I was kind of like, what? But my as my wife sort of was like, you know, they've been teeing this up. They've been like teeing up. He needs to get laid. He needs some love. <laughs> he needs a relationship. And Beth's been trying to been talking about them. Like, oh yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense that they try and tee that up. But it feels strange. And then the Casey storyline is. He's taken a real backseat in this season, man. He used to be like the Jax Teller where he was like almost the lead of the show right next to John Dutton. And now he's just he's just kind of one of the minor threads in this in this season. Yeah, but, you know, I don't know how many episodes the season is, but as we know, like, you know, it kind of dips in and out. It's almost like it's true. It's almost like a thread where you're like, okay, like, you know, you go up for you know three seasons and that happens to touch on four or five characters and then you go down on the thread and then that touches on another four or five characters and then you go back up and then you go back to, you know what i mean and i feel like so in that threading you can kind of like it might seem like someone's taking a back seat but by the end of the season you know it i'm, I'm we can't guarantee it i don't know for sure but it, it may feel that like you know actually everybody got their due you know like we've had the benefit of like watching the show you know, in hindsight, right? Like as it was finished. So that might be the other thing. I do hope that Taylor Sheridan's character, who's been much more pronounced as a character, um, he hasn't really, he kind of like said goodbye to Jimmy and it seems like his storyline is sort of uh, uh, not dead, but gone for a minute. And I'm kind of glad because I got to say like, I, I, I think in just retrospect that Taylor Sheridan character is one of my least favorite characters. And I think he likes it because- he Travis? Yeah, because he, he likes playing this jackass, but like that character is just a jackass. And I found it's him true. sort of amusing at first. And now I just think he's a jackass. And I'm yeah. like, I, I really, really dislike that character. And the only I, little bit I liked with him is the fact that he picked out Roadhouse as the, the best movie of all time and was talking about how awesome Sam Elliott is, even though Sam Elliott is going to be in the 1883 Yellowstone right, prequel. Right. Just a little weird well, question if, mark. If you want to go there with that, I've been really, you know, it's weird. We're doing this Yellowstone podcast and I don't want to dig, dig on people, but like, you know, I was always a big defender of Taylor Sheridan. And I was always saying like, you know, uh, just because he's writing about these certain things doesn't mean that's his politics. He doesn't mean he's like, mm. you know, a right-wing dude. And you can present stuff. Like you can present the grotesque things that happen in say Sicario too, that he writes with having, having to endorse them. Depiction is not endorsement, right? Yes. Uh, 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 like Martin Scorsese is not saying, you know, these, these fucking gangsters are, are, should get off the hook or whatever. Depiction is not endorsement. So I've always taken that kind of, that, that, that stance with him, but the character that he's playing, that he seems to really relish playing. If it's a reflection of who he is, I feel like my argument is starting to erode and I I feel like my argument, I I, I am feeling less wanting to defend that position because I feel like that character is a real kind of like cowboyish kind of jackass. Yeah. Um, So I've also been kind of struggling with that overall and just my overall feeling of Taylor Sheridan, because I've always been like, just because you, you know, like I I also want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, I, I, I think that we, as, uh, I'm, this is a strange term, but like we as left wing media in general, or or you know, who says we're left wing because we're media? But like you know, I, I media people tend to be like a little bit more coastal and whatever. 
media types like ourselves, or at least I'll just speak for myself and the people that I know, like, I don't want to speak for you, but I think sometimes they're very easy to like be, oh, that fucking right winger and jump on them and hate them and just presume sure. a lot of stuff about them. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't get us very far. I don't want to say I'm a fucking centrist or anything like that because I'm fucking not. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I am fucking, I am as liberal as they fucking come and I am uh, uh, progressive as they come. And, but at the same time, like, you know, like you, you'll meet someone, you'll interview someone and you'll just, and maybe you'll know their politics, but you'll talk to them and you'll understand that they're at least a human being. Exactly. You know I mean? And, and so I guess what I'm just saying is like, I, I feel like media of our, of my ilk, and again, I don't want to speak to you, are very just willing to, to hammer on someone. And I'm always just trying to like, let's just be a little bit like in general, I'm always saying like, let's be nuanced. Let's try and be like, have some nuance to our every kind of discourse right mm-hmm. you can just like you know i got out of a movie last night everyone's saying it was either garbage or amazing it's like come on like they're like i know it, what movie you're talking about yeah, but we yeah. won't we won't mention it we don't want to get distracted but like it's it nuance <laughs> people nuance and so but anyhow this detour is taking me away from yellowstoners but like i i'm having less trouble feeling good about defending him because i'm not sure if that character is just reflective in a strange way it's not going to take my enjoyment away from the show Mm-hmm. I still really like it, but that sort of element, that half of it, I'm like, I'm not sure where I stand on him anymore. That character is such a jackass. And that Roadhouse part was that to me, because I think that movie honestly kind of sucks. Like, oh, I love Roadhouse. Fun on a, on a, on a, like, it's weird for him to say that. And you know, oh, here's the other part of that. He's actually said that in an interview, that exact line of dialogue. Okay. <laughs> so it's not just him, his character. It's, he said that before, like for real, like, and he really meant it. And so that makes me think, oh, this character that he's writing is a little bit of himself. And I would argue that Roadhouse, and maybe I need to see it again, but contains nothing of the stuff that I like about Yellowstone. Oh like, yeah, no, it, it, it's- Roadhouse is, is, could be fun, yeah. And it yeah. has like, it's, it's, you know, Patrick Swayze, punch him up fun stuff. But like on the on the level of like what I generally like in drama and movies and television, as far as I can recall, and yes, I haven't seen it in a long time, Roadhouse contains nothing of what I like about Yellowstone. So that's also this strange disconnect for me. Here's this guy who's written a bunch of stuff that I think is really thoughtful and has, yes, it's not always perfect, but there's, I mean, all the movies he's helped produce are interesting stuff. All the stuff that we talked about in that first episode, right? There's yep. some good shit that he does. And Road, Roadhouse is his favorite movie and contains nothing of that. So <laughs> all of that coupled with his character has really thrown me for a loop in the last few weeks. And and you, we all know how much you love seeing horses go spinny spinny and stoppy stoppy, which is oh, the technical term. God, man! Uh, <laughs> they did yeah. that in episode four again right away. Started I know. With it. <laughs> I know. And it was like, gotta be fucking kidding me. All right. Uh, well, let's steer back to to some of the the characters in the show. What do you sure, think yeah, yeah. about uh, the the Beth and the market equities of it all? Beth can do no wrong in my mind. Amen. A fucking man. <laughs> she's she's got. I mean, every episode she's got some lines, but and and we're gonna get up to that. I want to do a, a little quote corner for, with you in a little bit. But as far sure. as the- uh, she's great, uh, and 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 you know, I think you're right. The the kid storyline is a little meh, but yeah. fortunately, it is not the whole of her storyline this season. There's there's more depth to her character she's got a lot of shit going on she's got a plan she's up to no good which is always good for us as a viewer absolutely um and 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 her and rip 
Uh, Rip's always awesome. I love Rip. I love his sense of duty and loyalty. He's such a great character. So um, I have a prediction for that for later this season. Uh, you mean some sort of split between the two of them? Yes, I think it's I coming. Mean, it, it would be it would be in in keeping with the drama of the show to keep spicing shit up and keep creating dramas that don't necessarily need to be there, but which is also kind of the problem with television in general. You know yeah. what I mean? You got a good thing and then you kind of got to go, well, and, and stir something up. Conflict is part of drama. I get it. Right. So you got to create co- conflict for your characters, but when it feels like you're fabricating con- co- conflict, which is not what I'm saying is happening, but that can happen. That is a definitely a, a symptom of problem television. That's where television gets gets really under my skin so mm-hmm. hopefully however they do it uh, hopefully it's not i mean i think you're right i think that's probably coming at some well point. yeah she said that at some point she, he's gonna resent her and i think they've already planted the seed with the birthday she gave him which is it isn't it the exact same date that she got the uh, abortion and and is the reason she can't have kids uh which was his kid date but i think you're right about in terms of like she picked his birthday and that was his whole thing and yeah, yeah. you could be right there could be something else going on there uh, yeah well, i think well, he finds knows? out why it is and he's i don't know that he necessarily hates her but he i don't know that he can deal with her and i think that really puts him on a collision course with jamie so uh who, what other characters are we missing that we haven't really ah uh, let's see here we touched on uh, Beth and Rip. We touched on Jamie. We touched on Casey. We touched on John and yep. his romance. John and his weird ass romance with a hippie. We touched on the, the bunkhouse. Lloyd versus Walker. Jimmy's off in the past year. His hat flew off as he rode off on his 20,000 uh, yeah. acre journey. And, and we touched on, you know, the, the Jamie's kid coming back and his father being the one that set it up. So, I mean, we've, we've touched a lot of the the big happenings that have, have gone on in episode four and five. Do you have any predictions as far as what the next episodes bring? Not really. Um, other than, you know, I think that probably what I kind of mentioned before is I think that the Jamie thing is going to come to a head and, and maybe make him. Oh yeah. That's where it's headed for sure. Realize that, that his family is, is not the, the evil bad force who they yeah. are. And at some point, there's going to be a showdown reckoning, which I think will be like a, I think at some point Jamie and, and Beth are going to come to terms and it's going to be because of like Jamie, like saves Beth in some sort of way, something like that. Mm, interesting. Do you think Beth tries to kill Piper Paraboo instantly? <laughs> <laughs> Cause I think Maybe. she will. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I mean, the most important check-in, are we still getting ripped for the final episode of this season? Is that the plan here <laughs> to make Yellow Stoners a real full Stoners podcast? Get real stone. I mean, we could for the finale if you wanted mm-hmm. to. I think it's got to happen. But then we might need a mediator. We might need to make Charles watch. <laughs> sure. <laughs> He's going to be like, okay, what do you think about this fucking show that I don't watch? Yeah. Um, uh, let's do a, a segment that I'm going to call Mike's Quote Corner. Uh, I'm going to run a few blazing, you know, Yellowstone's line, lines by you, and we'll we'll pick a winner for the week. So uh, I'll grab a couple of uh, the quotes. This one's more of like one of the quotes where it's like, here's the show in a nutshell. Uh, and it's when Beth and John are having that chat about the chaos that's been going on and why it bothers Monica so much and why they're leaving. 
And, and she says, there's no peace in this place. Never has been. Doesn't bother you or Casey because you're not peaceful men. And that's a really, I thought a really good, like, that's the show in a nutshell. Another one of those quotes that they like to throw in every episode. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Quote number two, Beth, again, speaking to her dad, uh, that conversation before bed at the beginning of uh, the first episode, Beth says, only the good die young. If a meteor hits, it's me and the cockroaches running this thing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's, uh, again, I, I, got, I don't know why I keep picking Beth. Why would that be? It's because she gets the best lines. But there's a conversation between Beth and John. What are you up to today? She says, he says, battling my conscience when he's talking about, you know, thinking about helping bail out Piper Parabou's summer character. And she says, well, I'd offer you advice, but I've never been in that situation. Off to ruin a life. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and then uh, just for fun, the, the final quote of episode five, one of the final quotes, one of the final things said, uh, it's when Jimmy wakes up to Buster Welch, talk, just kind of talking cowboy. He meets his oh, boss, yeah. lets on that he has no clue who that guy was and really no clue what he's talking about. Yeah. And the guy just looks at him and says, I hope the Lord gave you a big dick, Jimmy, because he sure shorted you on brains. <laughs> so, yeah, we got those four. Do you have any favorites out of those four? I think I like it may be boring, but I think that I like that first one because it's thematic and yes. I, I like the way it works. There's no thematic. peace in this place. Never has been. Doesn't bother you or Casey because you're not peaceful men. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of truth in that statement. So I, I, I like thematic writing like that that doesn't feel like it's too on the nose, um, but also is, you know, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll wrap it up for another episode of Yellowstoners. But I do want to mention that we have yes. our first yep. Yellowstone cast member interview coming up next week. Uh, Jefferson White, who plays Jimmy on the show, will be talking uh, to me about the role and the new official Yellowstone companion podcast. I know it hurts to have a competitor, but we'll, we'll, we'll allow it since it's yeah. official. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's going to be dropping pretty soon. And yeah, we got some other irons in the fire for the future. So that should be exciting. Yeah. And having our first Yellowstone guest and Jimmy, that's a good one. Uh, he also hosts that after show that they already do on, I guess it's Paramount plus or okay. I don't know which one, but he does some, some after show thing that's on like YouTube um <laughs> might also air on one of the channels but so yeah that, that's pretty cool uh that's a little feather on our cap although we already got a, a guest and hopefully more to come and we definitely do have some irons in the fire so stay tuned um and i hope you're uh listening and uh, watching along yeah keep on yellowstoning <laughs> mm-hmm.